0: Y'all looking good today. We feeling good? Okay, Mo, you good? Okay. God is a builder. We can see this in creation. Come on, in our digital world, we get so impressed with what people have created and all their little memes and what other things that are out there. Sometimes we just lose the natural beauty of the world that we live in. Liz and I, this summer, we got to go to a very naturally beautiful place. We happened to go there when it was about 119 degrees out but when we went there, it was just amazing to slow down and just see the majesty of God's creation. It's pretty breathtaking. On the way home from a date the other night, uh, the moon was like a super moon. It's like you could reach out and touch it. I serenaded Liz, because it's date night. I said, when the moon hits your eyes like a giant pizza pie, that's amore. And she ignored me and it's glad that I'm a preacher and not the worship leader. But it looked unbelievable. It was crazy to think about. Just think about how well God builds just intricately the details, how everything works in rhythm and relationship. Like, think about that moon, for example. Do you know, it it has tidal force. It controls the tides. It actually holds our planet, and our planet holds the moon in perfect rotation. Without the moon, We would be spinning maybe even out of control we'd either have no seasons or we'd have ice age or firestorms but because god knows what he's doing in the details because god is a master builder everything works in order and rhythm how many of you would like a life that works in order and rhythm because god knows and desires to show you how to build a life with him that actually works. God knows how to build. God isn't actually the house building business. That word house that we use in the Old Testament, unless the Lord builds the house, it's the Hebrew word by yeath, which literally can mean household. It doesn't mean your physical home, it means your family, it means your life. It's a spiritual metaphor that we see throughout the Bible that is a, a, like the house of Joseph, the house of David. Isn't it just about what they built on the outside? It's what happened through their life and what mattered after their life. It was about their legacy, their lineage. Your house is bigger than just your home. It's who you are. Ephesians chapter 2, the apostle Paul talks about how hey, God's building this spiritual house and God's building our lives together. We were once outsiders, but because of Jesus, we've been brought close. It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners, no, you're citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's household. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone, what everything has been built upon and what everything is actually built for is Christ Jesus himself. I don't know a lot about natural house building, but I've learned a few things within my family and through the scripture and through trial and effort and walking with God about to build that that Hebrew house, that household, about our family, about the Turner family future, about the church family. So I can't build you a natural house. I do know a few things though both spiritually and naturally, that the foundation has to be first. And the foundation has to be right. If it's just a little bit off, eventually everything's gonna be a lot of bit off. If it's a little bit out of order, eventually over time, everything will be in disorder. But if the foundation is right, even if you built wrong upon it, you can tear it down and start again and get it right. The foundation has to go first. And Jesus, the Bible tells us, is not only the foundation, but he's also the blueprint of God's best for your life. The Bible calls him the firstborn of many. So when we are born again, he begins to rehab and reshape and redeem us to be more in the likeness of Jesus himself so that our lives and our family And our legacy would look like Jesus, would talk like Jesus, would pray like Jesus, would love like Jesus, would serve like Jesus, that we would become more like Jesus. He's the blueprint and he's the foundation. In 1174, an Italian architect named Bonanno Pisano, he built his most famous or infamous structure of his life. It's 180 feet tall, which that long ago was pretty significant, eight stories high. But as they begin to build this beautiful, like once in a generation type of building, the builders quickly discovered that although the plans were good, what it was producing was wrong. The soil was much softer than they had anticipated, and the foundation that they thought would be enough wasn't. We're talking about the leaning tower of Pisa. It took 176 years to build. And during the time when they noticed it started getting a little bit off, they kept building. And over, eventually, over time, they realized, oh, if we don't fix this, this is going to fall over. So they tried to restore the foundation. And they even reshaped the top levels to lean the opposite direction, but nothing worked. Why? The foundation was off. So not long ago, they closed it down. Actually, they closed it down for 12 years. They spent $25 million. They moved 110 tons of dirt to reduce the lean. And they reduced the lean by 16 inches, which sounds pretty impressive, except for the fact that the tower is 17 feet off still. Is it no matter what they tried to do afterwards, because the foundation wasn't right, Everything went wrong. It wasn't bad design. It wasn't bad effort. It wasn't poor workmanship. It wasn't inferior grade of product. They used the best marble and stone. The problem with the build is what was lying underneath. It was on the wrong type of foundation. So what's underneath you? Where are you leaning right now? What have you been building your life on? And I know all of us in this room can give the Christian answer. We're building our life on Jesus. But every area of your life? Is he the foundation of every part of your life? Is he the center of everything that you're investing your time, your attention, your effort, your energy, your, your resource into? What's beneath you? Because you can have good plans. You can even have God plans. But with bad soil or bad structure, you're gonna have a serious problem. This is what Jesus Said. In fact, we just sang it. The worship team did not even know what I would be preaching upon. Amazing how the Holy Spirit works together. Matthew chapter seven, therefore anyone, listen, this is key, who hears these words of mine. Jesus is saying, anybody who can hear what I'm saying and then do it, put it into practice. Not performance, you just begin to work it into your life. It's like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Because he had the right foundation, the storms came, the winds blew, the rain fell, the surge of the storm happened, and he was left standing. But there's another builder, one who takes the shortcut, one who doesn't really think about the foundation. He builds on the sand. He didn't take the time and diligence to dig a little deeper into the bedrock, and he just built what was easy and convenient. And when the storm came, the Bible tells us in Jesus' story, everything collapsed. I think we all know a person like that. Maybe that's been a part of your life as well. That eventually there was a storm or a struggle or a situation that exposed a faulty foundation. And at the end of that story, the the people responded like, wow, that's an amazing story. It says this last last line here is because they were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not like just the teachers of the law that Jesus teaches with authority. Why? Because he knows what he's talking about. Can I just give you a little wake-up call in love today that when the Bible shows you something and exposes something that needs to change, you don't wrestle with the scripture. You wrestle to work that thing out of your life, to change the foundation of your life, because God knows what he's doing in every area of your life. So when Jesus says, take these words of mine, is because these words carry weight. These words actually work. These words actually matter. We're not talking about, oh, I want the ideal of what I think Jesus is like. Uh, not the, just the impression of what I think he would be like. I'm not just thinking, maybe what would Jesus do in this situation, and I got my WWJD bracelet on. That's a great thought to carry but it should be more like W-D-J-S. What did Jesus say? Not what do I think he would do. What did Jesus say? Or here's a little bit one that might not fit on a bracelet. W-D-J-A-Y-T-D. What did Jesus ask you to do? And if you can just know the answer to that question, you are on your way to a well-built life with God. Why? Because he's the blueprint, he's the authority, he's the foundation, and when we just do his words, friends, it works. When you work that word into the soil of your life, you will find yourself on solid rock, even if you're just learning how to build, build right from the very beginning. So how does God build? Well, he builds, God builds us through revelation. The word revelation, biblically mean means an uncovering, means a showing, means a a peek behind the veil, an all-access-granted view to how God works. God builds, first and foremost, through a revelation in your life of who Jesus Christ is. It's a revelation that is the foundation that we fix ourselves to. Remember when Jesus asked his disciples, like, hey, what are people saying about me? It's not because Jesus wanted to know what the Jerusalem TMZ had to say about him. It it wasn't he really was concerned about what the world thought. He was getting to a question that he wanted to ask them. As his disciples and as his followers, he then says, well, what do you say about me? And then Simon Peter rises up and says, I believe you're the Son of God, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the the one and only. Everything that we've been waiting for as a people is found in you. You're the culmination of the plan of heaven for all of humanity. It's all about Jesus, is what he says. And Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. In other words, this was not the world's wisdom. This wasn't just your natural thought. This was a supernatural revelation. And Jesus says, upon this rock, in other words, upon this truth of who Jesus is, I will build my church. I will build my people. If you go to the foundation that it is all because of and all for Jesus, you are on your way to a well-built life, even if you just started building. He says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, so the Spirit of God did. And what is the Spirit of God revealing to you? What is he revealing about you? See, the word of God, listen, our Bible is the revealer of the ways of God. It shows us his character, his priorities, his purpose, his yes, it shows us his no, it shows us his boundaries, it shows us how to build a life. You build your life with a revelation that is based on scripture, not the opinions of other people. Flesh and blood doesn't matter as much as God who gave his flesh and blood for you He gets the first say and the final say in what is the authority of your life. God builds our lives through revelation. And if you don't know your word, then you won't know his ways. And if you don't know his ways, then you will lose your way. You'll begin to tilt in one season or another, eventually tumbling down when the storms become too severe for you to handle in your own willpower. Hebrews chapter four says this word of God it is alive and active. It can cut through all the noise, cut through all the nonsense. It's like a double-edged sword. It penetrates dividing soul and spirit, jo- joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It's a revealer. How many of you have ever read the word of God or heard a scripture or even heard a sermon and it just cut through your heart? It's like, ah, that needs to change. Or, oh, I have been doing it right. I need to stay the course. It's a reminder. That's the revelation power of God. And you need it in your life, and you need it more than a Sunday. This is why you need to make every day at least a part of your day, even if it's five minutes of your day, into a time with God through the Word of God. Because it will cut through the noise of your own opinion and the perspectives of everyone else. And get all the flesh and blood mindset out, and then you're going to know the mentality of God. He's a revealer like a builder that looks back at the blueprint from time to time. That's how God wants to build our life. That we're always coming back to the source and the supply and the structure and the stability of who we are in Christ. And if you don't know this Bible, you'll never be built to your full potential. So for you, maybe you're new to faith, maybe you're new to our church, join with us the Bible plan the rest of the year. Join with us, you, you, you got some Psalms left this week and, and that we had in a Proverbs, you want a well-built life, just live in Proverbs. And we had one of my favorite little stretches of scripture coming up, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Gepk. Oh, you want life to be good? Get some Gepk in your life. And it's gonna show you how to, how to build. Jesus says these words of mine, what he says goes. He, he builds our life with us through revelation. He builds our life He builds our life with us relationally. Now, when, normally when you hear relationally, you're talking about, all oh, the people that you do life with, and oh, that is so significant, because nothing can sabotage your life like a bad couple of attitudes or spirits around you. And nothing can hurt. We even see it in Scripture. You get the wrong voices. You make the wrong choices. But what I want to speak to, maybe to change your mindset when it comes to the life that God wants to build with you, is to think about your relationship, that you're not just... You're not just there to serve God, it is a privilege to serve Him, but you have like a friendship with God. More than friendship, you are now family with God. He builds us from this relational connection. And for some of you, this is gonna push up against some religious thinking that you have, that, that all the things you have to do to be right with God. None of your own works and none of your own effort could ever make you right with God. That's the gift of Jesus and his grace. But from that place of grace and of new beginning and a fresh start, he builds us like a father would build a son or a daughter. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. Or you could put in a, some translation I know that you're, not, you're not a slave. You're not indentured to this thing because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. For everything I've learned from my Father, I have what? I've revealed, I've shown, made known to you. Ephesians 1 verse five gives us this theological framework for us to build our lives relationally with God. And it says this, God decided in advance. How many know? God has a plan. You got a problem that showed up this week? God knew it would show up. You got a difficulty in your, your family of origin that's hard to get out of? God knew that would be there. He's decided in advance that he's still gonna build your life. He decided in advance to adopt us into his very own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. You didn't work your way closer to God, he came after you. This is what he wanted, desired to do and gave him what? Great pleasure to not say, oh, look at all my little servants doing all the things I've asked them in the word. No, look at all my sons and look at all my daughters. I love them so much. I'm on their team. I'm with them. I'm helping them. I'm building them. So the, the, the framework is that we are justified at the cross when we receive that grace that we chose by faith to believe in. So the cost of our sin has been paid in full, but we're not just forgiven. We become family he desired you one of the greatest love choices you could ever make is to adopt someone you did not give birth to you wanted them and that's what god has said about you and when you get that relational connection in your heart and your mind it changes your perspective that god is not just asking you to do things So you jump through hoops to get closer to him. No, he brought us close to himself through Christ, and he chose to adopt you from the very beginning so that you could be the benefactor of his love. And so he could build build your life. Romans 8, verse 16, it says the Holy Spirit just has to keep working us and reminding us that we belong to God, that we're God's children. So if you don't feel that love, it's because you maybe have shut out some of the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Verse 17, and since we are his children, we're his heirs. Oh, doesn't that sound good? That means everything that God has, I can get. Not because I earn it, he wants to give to me. I don't have to work for it. God will work with me to develop me so that I can receive it. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Now, if we're gonna share in his glory, we might also have to share in some of his suffering. How many know life isn't always up and to the right? That God will allow us to go through some refiner's fires and go through some storms, ultimately not to hurt us, but to help us to grow us and to mature us. That there's actually glory in the grind of the things that we go to when we have the foundation in the right place. But God builds his house with what? With sons and daughters, not servants and slaves it's this acceptance of your place in the family that you actually belong. Why? Because God said you belong. And there is that voice of condemnation, and maybe it's a voice of your childhood, and maybe it's a voice that gets in your ear and in your heart because of some of the mistakes you made or the lack of character in a season of your life that says you're disqualified and you're unwanted and this will never work and God's frustrated with you. And although I think our efforts in vain sometimes, do push us away. The truth is God has chosen to bring us close. And he's chosen to bring us close because he wants us and desires us and has made a design of your destiny based on you being a son or a daughter, not based upon your servant or your slave. Both sons and daughters and slaves and servants can serve in the house, but there's a difference. The difference is attitude, motive, and perspective. One sees it as a paycheck, that's the servant. Sons and daughters see it as a priority because there's a purpose. Why? Because I've been loved. A servant is there to get a job done. A son and a daughter shows up because God's doing something new in you. A son and daughter serves out of love of the father. A servant serves out of duty to the boss. Does that think of, maybe that frames your mentality about how you interact with God. In John 10, Jesus says the hirelings or the servants will run away when things get hard. When the wolf comes, or maybe it's a, a storm, or maybe there's a fire, they're gonna run away. Why, because they're only interested in themselves. But sons and daughters stay their course. Even when their place is under pressure, while the employee might bail out, the heirs think of themselves as owners. And they choose to occupy and stay and steady the ship. Sons and daughters build the house, servants just maintain the house. Why do they build it? Because it belongs to them. Sons and daughters hold the father's heart, and the success of God's work or the work of the kingdom as their own. Servants just look to take from the work for themselves. So are you thinking like a son and a daughter? Or are you thinking like a servant or a slave? The truth is your father and my father knows best. So we choose to build by what he reveals in his word that shows us the way that he works. We build by the book, we build by the blueprint because we know and believe he has what's the best in store for our life. So we build what, revelationally, and we build relationally with God, and then God will build us generationally. If you could get these three things at work, I think I'm gonna take you some time to work some of these things out. But what you're doing is like okay whatever god reveals that's who he is i'm not going by the opinions of other people i'm putting a priority on the word of god and i'm thinking of myself now i'm changing my mindset as i'm not working for god i'm working with god i'm not a servant in the house i'm a son and daughter and i'm going an to a parent of all that god's promises are mine yes and amen in christ jesus and then i'm thinking long term i'm thinking generationally I'm not just thinking about, God, meet my needs. I'm like, God, do something big through me so I could do something big for you. Because God is a generational God, and we have a terminal generation mindset with no thought to what is next. But yet, that's the way the world is, but that's not the way the kingdom works. And I'm speaking to some kingdom people today that understand that the long play of not just getting my needs met, but if I live my life to, to bless God and to build people, to love God and to love people, I'm in this thing where I not only will my little needs get met, God will do bigger things through my life because I have the right mentality and he will build me as I walk with, I walk with him to build something that is bigger than you. Genesis 17, I will establish my covenant, not my contract, signed it in blood at the cross. He says, I am all in for you. I established my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and your descendants after you and for the generations yet to come. I'm going to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. I'm into the long play, God says. Joel chapter 1 says, tell it to your children and tell it to your children and to their children and to the next children, and to the next generation. He's going four, five, six generations. This is just the way that God works, and if you want your life to actually build and to be beautiful and to be blessed by God, you no longer just think, oh, I cannot wait to get to my promotion. I cannot wait to get to the weekend. I cannot wait to just get to the next rung of the ladder. I cannot wait till I just have the relationship. No, God is using me and building me as I am living for him for something that's bigger than myself. It's not about just getting my needs met. I'm actually meeting the needs of other people, and the principle of the key as God is always looking out for those who put him first. And when he gets first in my foundation, I'm gonna see his best in my future. I'm giving him all that i got. So while we're faithful in today, and today matters, we talk about destiny as a daily decision here. Like you don't just wake up one day and all the doors of God's plan are swing wide open. No, we ask, we seek, we knock. We read, we study, we pray. We learn God how through community and, and through the word and by our own intimacy with the Holy Spirit, how he refines us, how he changes, how he grows us. And as we ask, seek, and knock, while well, all, all of a sudden doors begin to open and opportunities begin to happen and relationships get mended and restored and your kids start living right and your marriage starts to get a vibrancy again as if it was before you had kids. God begins to bless when we begin to build thinking about the generations in store. C.S. Lewis famously said, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in, if you aim at earth, you'll get neither. And that we're just thinking about, we're the people of the everlasting, we're the people of the eternal. An eternal perspective establishes us in a place that even the trials and even the storms of life are just temporary, and ultimately God uses it for our benefit, our building, and our blessing. So Colossians 3 reminds us to set your minds on things above, not earthly things. It's a mindset change. It's a mentality change. I got a mindset in my marriage. It's not about me. I don't, I don't want to just bless Liz as much as I love to bless her, but I, I want to just bless her so I can get something out of it. I don't, I'm going to take the kids for three hours so that I can go do what I want to do. I'm not just going to say what I think she wants to hear so she'll tell me what I want to hear. That's empty transactional. No, I wanna bless her because she's a blessing. I wanna love her because I've been so loved by God. I'm not looking to get anything out of it. I got a different mindset. I've When raising your kids and even working your job, it's not because of a paycheck. No, you have a purpose in that place. You've got a calling in that place. And raising your kids, you're disciplining now, not out of anger but out of love so they can be developed into something greater. Like, I'm not just giving them everything that they want because then they won't be who they're called to be. They won't have what they really need. So my constant thought that we should be reminding ourselves and even encouraging another, another uh, one another with is, is what I'm building really matter? Will it pass the test? What I'm building, is it going to last? And I can tell you this, even if what you have seems small, and even if the momentum in your life seems pretty minimal if you're doing it with from a god foundation and you're doing it relationally with him and you're thinking about the generations yet to come i promise you the little that you have matters a lot and when god says you're faithful with a little i'll make you ruler or leader or owner over much i'll start to do more more in your marriage and more in your ministry to the world around you, and more in your family and your children and your children's children. I will do more if you will give me what you've got. I can build with that. First Corinthians three, talks about when everything shakes out, what still be standing. When God resets everything, what really matters. And this, I'm gonna let you know, this verse, intimidating verse. I hope it challenges your heart and you take it To your heavenly father says, by the grace, Paul writes, God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, as someone else is building on it. Paul reached the people in Corinth and other people are building on the church there. But each one of you should what? Build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation, listen, he talks about all these different things you could build with. You can build with the gold you got, or the silver, the costly stones, or the lesser things like wood, hay, or straw. Their work will be shown for what it is because of the day, it's a capital D, day. It means the day when God resets it all. It's gonna bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, just pause it for a moment let that hit your heart and what i'm building right now in my marriage is it just about me getting my needs met or am i treating my spouse like the daughter of god that she is am i laying down my life and even my rights so that she could thrive and grow Uh, that challenges uh, probably every every husband in here challenges me am i raising my kids like Am I just trying to get them to be quiet? Or or am I actually trying to, to, to get them in the right mindset, to let them know that they're loved by their dad, loved by their mom? I'm framing my life. Is what I'm building going to survive? It says that the builder will receive a reward. The blessing, the eternal blessing happens to those that build right but if it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, just like as a person escaping through a fire. In other words, this isn't about your salvation. Your salvation has been settled at the cross as you received it by grace. This is talking about will your life really matter and count where it matters the most. When it's all said and done, will it be significant? And I tell you that today to not get you in a mindset of, oh, I'm missing it, oh, I haven't built right, Oh, it's been about me it's been about my pride maybe like the tower of peace i try to lean right in the right places that people can see but down beneath the soil and now beneath the surface it ain't right um, i guess I, I i'm not building anything that's significant no i'm telling you that today because we have a redeeming god we have a restor- restoring god we have a revival back to life god that even if it has been wrong up to this point, friends, you are still alive and you can still get it right. You can start building with God today. You can start building on his blueprint, building on his foundation. You can start building relationally as he reveals who he really is to you. And you can start building generationally now. Single people, you can start building your life now so that day when the, the marriage happens or the children happen, that, that, that they're, you're ready to actually be the person you're called to be because you got the foundation fixed in the first place. If you wanna fireproof your future, Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. He goes first in your faith. He goes first in your family. He goes first in your finances. He goes first in your future. If you want to build something that survives in this world, something that is legacy and lineage, you gotta fix that mentality. He's your father, he's not angry. All the justice needed to make you right with God, that righteousness happened at the cross and we receive it as sons and daughters. We aren't servants trying to earn anything from him, we receive it by grace. And then I'm thinking farther down the line. This is bigger than me. I want something that outlives me. Where are you leaning today? Where are you trying to make up the difference in appearance? something beneath the soil ain't right. Where, where, where's been the lean of your family? Where's your marriage, like, leaning on the brink, about ready to topple over? It's time for a restoration. We might need to slow things down, just like they did for the, the, the Tower of Peace that they, that they went and they restructured it. But this is what your God can do. Listen, in His power and His grace and His, just His, His miraculous touch, You don't have to just fix all the outside things to appear. He has the ability to not knock the building down while still rebuilding underneath the soil. And if you will surrender what's under the surface as faulty as it has been and begin to put your faith in Jesus, begin to put your trust in what God's revealing to you, begin to live your life as a son and daughter that belong here because he chose you. If you begin to change your mentality, this isn't about me, it's about what God's doing through me, about what lasts after me. Friends, he can get beneath the soil in that place of surrender and he can restore and redeem everything that has been broken, misaligned, everything that is faulty by faith in Christ, God can fix it and he wants to get to work, and he don't wait for tomorrow. Let him fix it today. Let's quit pretending by not leaning the other direction or appearing a certain way, and let's let God in his goodness point out everything he wants to restore, remove, and redeem in our hearts. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And while we've got work to do, we are not doing it alone. The grace and goodness of your God is working right alongside you by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's working right on the inside of you. And guessing what, guess what? As we build, it will be blessed. Because when God builds something, when God builds your life, it becomes his very best. And his best is better than you could hope, dream, or imagine. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you. What's the lean look like? What's the soil look like? What's the foundation look the shaking that you feel whether it's in your career or your mental health inner world maybe it's in your raising of your kids or your relationships the shaking you feel is because there's a foundation that god is wanting to fix And if that's you today i believe he's going to go to work jesus says you got to hear it first let it be revealed and then you got to practice it are you going to get it perfect not at all but he will perfect you as you keep making progress putting into practice what Jesus is asking of us. Father God, I thank you for every heart, and every life, and every husband, and every wife, and every son and daughter of the most high God in this room, where they feel like things are leaning in the wrong direction, things might be falling apart. Maybe they've been building according to their own blueprint, but Lord, they choose today. I don't wanna build something that just looks good, but isn't right. I want things to be right with you. God, I want to invite you to build my life with me. Not just bail me out when things fall apart, but Lord, would you build me from the inside out. I see some faulty foundation. I see some things I've covered over. Lord, I thank you that by your grace, would you go to work? Would you change me? Would you give me some action steps? Would you begin to reveal your plan for my life through your word? Would you begin to break off that servant or slave mentality and I would see myself like you see me, loved and adopted in the grace of God, covered over by the my sins and transgressions have been paid in full, and you wanted me. I'm a son and daughter. Lord, I thank you that you would begin to help us build something bigger than ourselves something beautiful then where it matters the most in eternity there would be a reward there would be fulfillment and when we think that way not only will you bless us on the day when everything counts but you'll make it count today and you'll help us grow today and you'll build our lives today in the name of Jesus with our heads bowed and eyes closed Jesus is the foundation let me just tell you this Sometimes the most loving thing I could ever tell you is the truth you might not want to hear. If Jesus isn't the foundation, one day it will all fall apart. But we don't respond to God out of fear. We respond out of love because he first loved us. And right now what you're feeling as you're inviting the Holy Spirit to investigate the soil of your heart, foundation of your heart what's first in your life what you're feeling that pull that tug that push in there is because God so loves you and so has an amazing plan and purpose that he wants to build with you and for you He is pushing on your heart so that you can get this priority decision right to not leave here without an everlasting hope without an anchor for your soul if you're here and jesus is at first maybe you have never said yes to the love of god you might even been in church maybe even for a long time but you've not made your own personal decision to receive that gift of the cross the gift of god's grace to say yes to jesus you're still thinking you can earn your right standing with god but you're not a servant or slave you've been called to be a son and a daughter you have to receive it Maybe you've put him first, and he's been the foundation, but you've allowed some fractures and some issues to occur, or just the stress of life. i have got you building your own plan right now, trying to get God to bless your plan instead of letting him reveal his plan. So it's time to come back to Jesus. You get the first say and the final say. If that's you with no one looking around, no one looking around, it's you and God. You're going to make an internal decision, and it starts right now. If you're here and you want to put Jesus first if you're here and you need to give your heart to him if you're here and you need to come back home to him would you just raise your hand with no longer I just want to count you in who you are one and two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight and nine and ten and eleven in the back and twelve over there thirteen in the very back fourteen fifteen amazing 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 maybe that's you online maybe that's you at Lansing today is the day of salvation today is a day of new beginnings today is a day of a new foundation So we're going to pray this prayer. Just like Peter declared, Jesus, it's all about you. You're the one we've been waiting for. And when Jesus returned and says, hey, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. That's the kind of belief I can build on. That's what we're doing right now. That was not an emotional response. That was a Holy Spirit prompting heart that you need Jesus. And Jesus is turning to you and says, that's the kind of life we pray together as one family faith say this with me say dear god i believe i believe you're the one who loved me first who chose me first who wants me in your family so you sent your son to save me from my sins i was lost but you came and found me today i am found by god today i am loved by god today i'm forgiven by god Today, I have a future with God. Today, God is building my life. My past is behind me. My God is with me. My future is ahead of me. All because of Jesus. Jesus, you are my foundation. And Jesus, you are my future. It's all because of you. Amen? Can we celebrate church for every life that was changed?